0: What will you do when you find me? Don't be scared of
1: yourself. Hi, I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome
0: you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships.
1: Hey, Ashley.
0: Hey, Dawn. How are you? I am
1: great. How about you?
0: I'm doing pretty good this week
1: good good um so this week we're going to talk about control patterns last week or last few weeks we've been dealing with um what denial low self-esteem compliance um I've had some I've heard some great feedback on them people are loving them they love the fact that we're walking through um these patterns and presenting different ways to kind of look at them and allowing others to think think about them from a different from a different point of view Um, I know for me when we start when I started out with the patterns right it was I could there was a few you know there was not a few there was quite a few but that I could blatantly see this is something I did but there was some I'm like oh I don't do that and until I like having conversations about the characteristics and having conversations about what each of these could represent and mean and look hearing different um people's different points of view on them is when I started um being like oh okay I can see myself in that one
0: yeah definitely I know especially the control patterns for me when, when I first started this, and the first time I went over these control patterns, I remember thinking, I'm not controlling, I'm not controlling, this. none of this can be me, I am not at all, and the first time I went through it, I was like, okay, maybe about half. And then the second time I went through it with just more growth and more education about what it is and what it can look like, there were okay, maybe three quarters or most of them, and then I went through it a third time and even more applied. Um, so we'll see what happens this time,
1: <laughs> right? You know, I've told you that control like I used to wear control as a badge of honor, like, right? I'm like, I would be like, I know I'm in control, I got this, so like, I would be very proud. And it was really funny when I did these characteristics, I didn't see. Myself in these control patterns because to me control was having everything in order having my shit together just being all over everything there was there's a lot in here that aren't so blatantly what I thought control was
0: right like even this first one (laughs) I didn't I never considered so the first one is codependents often believe people are incapable of taking care of themselves and I did not the first time I read that I was like how is that controlling if someone can't do it they can't do it I'm just trying to help them and teach them I'm not being controlling
1: I felt the same way like I didn't see this one as controlling either I thought it was well I'm just helping like yeah they. I, I'm like if, if they struggle with something why wouldn't I step up and help Like, that that's the nice and the right thing to do, isn't it?
0: That's exactly how I felt. How do you feel now when you hear codependents often believe people are incapable of taking care of themselves? I believe that is 100%
1: not true. I think everyone takes care of themselves in the best way they can take care of themselves, and it's not my place to judge how well or how well I how well I think they are or are not taking care of themselves it's theirs and one of the things that I realized in this we've talked about um taking our power back or um you know we talk about you know power people's power and one of the things I didn't I never considered was when I took care of somebody else I was taking their power from them
0: well, so, but what about, I mean, I have a perfect example of this, but, like, what about your, not your, my 70-year-old mom who, at one point, she was having a lot of trouble maintaining basic hygiene, um, right? There there was times that her apartment was dirty, she was not changing her clothes, she was not brushing her teeth, she was not showering, and she had mental health issues, Doesn't that mean she was actually incapable of taking care of herself?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Because, like, right, it's our moms. And
0: do you remember when I was going through this with my mom? I do. I remember feeling very convinced that she was totally incapable of taking care of herself due to her mental health disabilities. Um, and I remember feeling like as her daughter, it was my job to make certain that my mother was not living in her own filth. I, I, gosh, I got angry. I was sad. I called Adult Protective Services. I called my father. I called my stepfather. I called my brother. I called my sister. And now my father and my stepfather are right around the same age as my mother, right? So in all of that, believing she was incapable of her se- taking care of herself and taking that responsibility on myself, I couldn't hear what anybody was telling me. Yeah. Like my, I remember my dad saying to me, "Ashley, she is not 100 years old and physically incapable if she chooses to live that way, you have to let her." And I remember refusing to agree with him.
1: You know, I it's funny you you know kind of this, because I, where right, I do remember this conversation. I remember the day you called me and were telling me all about it, and you know you were that you know my they're not my siblings aren't going to do anything, and if it's going to if anybody's you know she's not going to listen to me, she's going to have to listen to. I think you said your brother and all of this, right? And I remember this, but one of the things that I think is really interesting, and I struggle with my mom in that aspect where my mom thinks she's hundred years old, and she's not. And what I have to remind myself is that with what, you know, what your either your stepdad or your dad said about she's not 100 years old. If she if they whoever it is, is okay, living in that living with whatever situation they're in, that's theirs, they get to live it. I just know that I don't want to live that way.
0: Well, what about the drug-addicted child who's 25 years old and living on the streets and robbing people and going to end up dead if I don't do something? Isn't it my job to get them into rehab and get them clean? And, like, aren't they incapable of taking care of themselves? No, they are.
1: And it's, but it's not your, like, it's not the... the, the the other person's job right my job was not to be a mother and this is something that i have to i've personally had to kind of wrap my head around and i i don't have these issues with my children but my job was not to be a mom my job was not being a mom right my job is not to take care of anyone i think job it my job is an accountant
0: Right. Yes. That's huge. And my job is to take care of me. My job is myself. Exactly.
1: Right. That's the job I need to worry
0: about. And I think the important thing with these words that we're using, because words are so important, is it's not that they are incapable of taking care of themselves. Even a drug addict who is barely getting by and may die if they keep doing what they're doing is fully capable of. Of choosing a different path.
1: And it goes back to the power part of it for me, right? If I am constantly trying to control my addicted child, they are never going to find their own self-worth, their own power, their own value in getting themselves out of that situation. And I think, right, it, I, you know, I've heard a lot of moms and parents say, right, I was, I would do this, and I would do this, and I would do this, and then I would do all this stuff, and I'd spend all this money getting them into rehab. They'd come out, and they'd go back, right back to it.
0: Yep. Nobody can do anything they don't want to do. It's not going to work. And I think that's where the in-recovery portion of this comes in, right? Because in recovery, I realize... That with rare exception, other adults are capable of managing their own lives. So what would be the rare exceptions? Physical disability, right? Someone yes. who is in a wheelchair and needs help getting dressed. Um, someone who has a feeding tube and needs help getting the food put in. I, paraplegic, uh, highly physically disabled even people who are physically disabled they are not necessarily mentally disabled they may need help physically but they still have the choice just because someone is a paraplegic doesn't mean that they can't be an alcoholic if they choose to and it's not my job to make them be sober even if I am their whatever partner spouse parent of adult child sibling whatever
1: so when is the right time to get into vo- get involved with helping someone take care of themselves
0: we'll get to that because right that's the third one I think I think that jumps into our third pattern to do that okay. so before we do that though let's talk about the second pattern um, codependents often attempt to convince others what to think do or feel mm. I was good at that I'm, I
1: was very good at that <laughs> Um, I still can be good at that like that is something I actively have to work on with Dylan um, I'm getting better right I keep my mouth shut I listen. I don't, I try not to criticize or offer advice. I let him navigate it and figure it out. Um, But it takes work. And I, 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 with my children, I like there is that mentality of I am, I'm their mom. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to put air quotes around smarter, better, because I've been there, done that, I've lived more life. There's shit I know they don't know. That's, that is a fact. But one of the things for me is figuring life out helped me learn how to live life. And I think that's one of the things I'm trying to remember with Dylan is let him figure it out. He will ask me if he needs help. And it's letting him ask me, because that is him taking his power back. It's allowing him to have his own power and figure out what he needs and doesn't need. And that's what life is about.
0: You know, most of the time that I attempt to convince others what to think, do, or feel, I don't even realize that I'm doing it. Um, Usually, it happens when I care a great deal about the outcome the person, the situation, or I think it's going to impact my life, then I will, um, without even realizing it, right? I I used to do this a lot with Nick. I would attempt to convince him to talk to me. I would try to convince him to, quote unquote, let me in. Um, And the reason for doing that was because I cared about the outcome. So before I even realized that I was trying to convince him to talk to me or to share some story or thought with me, I was already in the midst of it because my anxiety wouldn't let me walk away from it. And now, in in recovery, I can accept the thoughts, choices, and feelings of others, even though I may not be comfortable with them. So, right, I can, I can accept that he does not want to talk about this or that, even if I don't like it. I can accept that my mom does not want to change her clothes, not now, but many, many years ago, even if I don't like it. Um, I can accept Anything and everything that someone else does, because I now know that their thoughts, feelings, and opinions are none of my business, even if it's going to impact me.
1: How did you get to that point? Like, what kind, what did the work look like to get to that point?
0: Gosh, there's so much involved in that um first and foremost I had to learn to trust myself I had to have self-confidence and self-worth um and then I had to learn to trust my higher power and I had to learn to believe that my higher power loved everyone else just as much as I loved me they as it loves me therefore they are on the road that they need to be they are doing what they need to in their life um and then I had to learn to trust others. I had to learn to trust that they are fully knowledgeable about what is best for them and what they need to go through in order to take the next steps in life to get where they want to go.
1: You said something I want to, I want you to elaborate on it. One of the first things you said was how how you did that was you had to look at your own self-worth well wait a minute how is it how we're talking about other people like convincing other people how why does that have to do with your
0: self-worth because if i could not convince somebody else for many many years of my life actually about 38 years of my life i had decided um subconsciously And without knowing it, somewhere along the way, I had decided that if I could not save someone, then I was a failure. If I could not help the person I love, then I did not love them enough. Because when we love someone, our job is to fix them. Unfortunately, you can't fix someone because they're not broken. And you can't possibly love someone if you think they're broken. You love what you think they are. yeah
1: okay interesting okay okay so one of the things for me is in both my marriages i controlled the bills both my husbands were expected i expected to just put their checks in the 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 bank account and i took care of it all that was just the way it was I right I was the accountant I was the finance person I'm better at it I know you know and I know that by doing that and we there could be another one on here about this I'm just it popped in my head so I'm saying this now um that I minimized like I tried to convince them in a way that they weren't good enough right they didn't know how to do it
0: right that they couldn't do it so they needed to rely on you to do it appropriately
1: yes so even not not about th- convincing them to think do and feel I would not in a positive way I was also minimizing the way they thought did and feel felt about themselves
0: I think we do that a lot, especially with significant others without even realizing it, right? So think about when, when, when I am fighting with my significant other, or when I am fighting with my adult child, or my mother, or my sibling, or even my friend. The reason I am fighting with them is because I am attempting to get them to do, say, think, or feel something other than what they do that is control but if they
1: but if wait if they did something that hurt me i should be able to stick up for myself so like sticking if they're not
0: up, hearing me sticking up for yourself has nothing to do with them that's about what you do for you do i put myself in a position where i can be treated this way If I am treated this way, how do I react? What do I do next? Sticking up for myself has absolutely nothing to do with forcing someone to hear me. And you can't, I can't force someone to hear me. Like I can scream really loud and make my voice be really loud, but I can't force them to take in what I'm saying. I don't know about you, but I have kids and they could be standing right in front of me going, mom, 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 and I don't hear them. Yeah. They can't force me to hear them when I choose not to hear them.
1: <laughs> but another thing I think of when we're you know talking about this is like, aren't I supposed to fight for my relationship? Aren't I? I mean, like, and if we're not, shouldn't, I mean... I should be fighting for it. I should be
0: right, arguing to make sure that we're good and, and, and like we should be good. Can you tell Isn't, me what about love has to do with fighting? Not a damn thing. When I think of love, everybody, everybody else thinks of love, at least everybody else I talk to. When, when they think of love, they think of an emotion. But I don't think love is a feeling. Right, Sure, when I'm with a person that I love, I may feel happy, I may feel excited, I may feel nervous, I may feel anxious, uh, trepidation. There's all kinds of feelings I may feel when I am with someone that I love. But for me, I believe that loving someone is an action. It is something that I do every day with my actions. It's not... Like when I love, when I say I love you, it doesn't mean I expect you to take care of me. It doesn't mean I expect you to listen to me or I expect you to sleep with me. It means I want to let you feel that I love you. I want to show you that I care about you.
1: What happens if I'm showing somebody that I love them and they don't get it?
0: They have that right, don't they? Yeah. Each and every one of us has a right to choose whether or not we are going to allow someone else to do something to us. It doesn't matter if that is a good thing or a bad thing. I have a right to choose if I am going to allow you to love me. And it might hurt you if I choose not to let you love me. It might freaking suck. It might break your damn heart. But I still have the right to choose whether or not I'm going to let you in. And if you choose to try to force me to let you in, I still have the right to choose whether or not I'm going to. Um,
1: You know, I think about you the whole point you said about love not being a feeling and right if we just go back to the basic feelings wheel that we talked about i don't know four or five months ago right love is not on the feelings wheel it's not one of the core feelings
0: i don't think that love is an emotion at all no me either okay so the next one is the one that i think you were starting to get into with the dylan thing codependents often freely offer advice and direction without being asked
1: Yes.
0: I was so good at that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um, But I want to go back real quick. I asked you, what do we do when we do not feel someone is capable of taking care of themselves? How do we know when we are crossing that line into that negative? And that's what you were like. You said, hey, wait, I think that's the third one
0: well so all adults are physic that are physically capable are capable of taking care of themselves anybody again short of having a disability you are physically able to take care of yourself you are capable right it doesn't say want to it doesn't say need to it doesn't say choose to it says capable
1: But how do I know when I'm crossing
0: the line? Well, you're crossing the line anytime you're not asked. Anytime I offer to help, anytime I offer advice, anytime I insert myself without asking or getting permission or them asking me, then I'm crossing a line.
1: So what does that look like? I mean, I know what it looks like because I'm very good. I was very good at it.
0: So, if a friend comes to you to vent about her day at work, and you decide to tell her all of the things that she needs to do to make her day better, that's codependent. Mm -hmm. If your spouse comes to you to tell you about their feelings, and you... Tell them what they can do to feel differently. That's codependent. Telling my
1: children, or Dylan, I'm thinking of Dylan, hey, you need to get your car in to get the warranty items fixed. Hey, you need to get the car in. Hey, you need to take your car in. If he takes his car in, that's his choice.
0: Right, so the first time you say that to him, that's just you sharing information, right? Hey, I saw there was some warranty issues on your make and model and vehicle. You might want to get that looked at. That's just some mom advice to her adult kid, right? But then when you talk to him two days later and you're like, hey, did you ever get your car in? And then you guys talk four or five days later and you're like, hey, did you take your car yet? And then you call him a week later just to find out if he took his car. That is being codependent and controlling. Mm-hmm.
1: I think back, remember the air conditioning situation when his air conditioning went, was, went out? And yes. He was without it for a month? Yes. Um, that took that took a lot of effort to not be full-on codependent with him. Yeah. Um, because I was actually supposed to be there within a week or so you know well it went with a month but as it got closer to when we were supposed to be heading and I'm like I don't want to be without air it's about Mimi
0: so wait right did you become resentful when he declined your help
1: for a flash probably in the in like in the beginning
0: that's the next but- codependence often you know that right
1: oh it is yeah <laughs> good good transition good transition (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) I did for a flash like right there was just this oh I can like I can be very effective right I can be oh and but then I'm like nope if he's okay with it and he's okay with the the kitties being in it and all of that then that's fine the only thing I got then you know the only thing I could choose in that fact in that situation was do I go to Texas do I not go to Texas you don't have air, I don't have to go to Texas. You have air, air, I, air I can go to Texas. It had nothing to do with him. It was all about me. And I don't mean that in a selfish, you know, oh, I'm more important way. What I mean about is, with that is I get to choose what I do. He gets to choose how he handles the situation. And I don't need to worry about what his choice is. All I have to do is worry about
0: me. So what I hear you saying in this is you freely offered advice and direction without being asked when he told you the AC was broke. He refused to accept your advice and you became resentful for a second. And then you quickly jumped to the other side and were content to realize that he can take care of himself and you can take care of yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And HP came in, and the day before he flew here to, to Tampa for five days and we were leaving, air conditioning got fixed.
0: Isn't that crazy how that works?
1: I could have lost, I could have, the old Dawn, the, the full on inter codependency Dawn, would have lost sleep for a month. I would have picked up the phone, I would have been calling them every day. I would have been calling him every day I would have and I and I'm going to be honest here like one of the things I did was I did call to find out because the the reasoning they gave him was a part is on back order that I did make a phone call to another air conditioning company to verify that fact it was not true but I also got legal information from the person as well I still took that too far I should not have done that because he did not ask me to do that
0: I'm glad to hear you say that
1: (laughs) (laughs) but it all happened in a few hour window it wasn't across the entire month right once I had that moment and I realized what the fuck are you doing Dawn right you're being you're going into that down that spiral stop it Right. I, st- I pulled myself out. I let it go. Right. That doesn't mean I didn't have conversations about it with you or. Right. And it wasn't about conversations about oh, Dylan did this and dah, dah, dah. it was I need to be healthy about it and I need a healthy perspective on the way to look at it. Because I think that's what ha- um, having people in recovery to communicate with and share our situations, why that's so beneficial, because even though I live in. In, in, in a recovery state now, I still can go down those rabbit holes. If I don't, if I just relied on me or another unhealthy person, by reaching out to somebody that's healthy, they can quickly bring me back to
0: a healthy mindset. And I think that's why so often you'll hear people in recovery, whether it be substance recovery or mental health recovery you will hear people say that the phone weighs a 1,000 pounds. And I think the reason for that is because subconsciously, we know that simply by calling a healthy person and talking to them, we can get pulled out of our spiral. But again, subconsciously, we are so used to that spiral, for whatever reason it has become our way of being, that it feels like home. So the phone weighs a 1,000 pounds because we don't necessarily want to come out of that spiral
1: right it's a, we it's a very comfortable thing because it is something that for me 48 years 47 years whatever it was was a fair that was the way I existed that's the way I managed my life that was that became just second nature and it was comfortable and it was easy it was but, easy to go back to yeah now I have a whole new look at things right to go back to the way I was before oh hell no like there is no way
0: I'm going back to that that doesn't mean I don't have moments right so not to get off track sorry um codependence often the next one is codependence often lavish gifts and favors on those they want to influence oh lord you know I didn't think I did this I never right up until even before even the last time we read this I did not this was one of those patterns that I used to always say nope I don't do that I don't lavish gifts or favors on people I want to influence I don't now I can say I do but it's not gifts and favors it's emotional connection I am the person that knows every single person at work's name. I am the person that every person at work knows. If they stop me, I will have a personal conversation with them. I use my emotional connection to people to be able to determine uh, what they need in the moment so that I can be favored by them interesting right so I mean think about think about like say your boss at work imagine if you knew instinctually the one or two things that you could say to get her to be like oh dawn Maybe I do like you. I like you a lot. You're a really good influence on the job or whatever.
1: Thank you you for answering my question because I was actually going to say, well, wait a minute. What's your intention behind that? Because that's what it's about. It's about you. What is your intention? What were you looking, what are you looking to get from it?
0: To be liked, to be wanted, to be, for people to think that I am a good person. I am a respected person. I am a caring person an empath empathetic person it is literally about trying to get people to like me and to think about me in a different way
1: i one of the things that pops in my head and we've talked about this in a couple of podcasts was um the whole pay it forward thing in the drive-thru and if i'm in, a, in the drive-thru and i decide to pay for somebody's coffee or buy their breakfast whatever it, whatever it is And I immediately pick up the phone and call you and say, Ashley, guess what I did? Like, I just, I just felt, I felt moved to do this and I wanted, my intention behind that is to get you to think I'm a good person instead of me knowing I'm a good person. Yes. Because, right, and I think that's, that has been I have lavished gifts and favors on those I want to influence to buy their love buy their attention because I did not feel that I was
0: enough just being me see and I do the exact same thing it's literally the exact same thing except that I don't spend cash to buy the gift. I figure out, I don't know how, I can't put it into words in the appropriate way, but I figure out what it is that this person needs. Does this person need validation? Does this person need to vent? Does this person need to be respected? Does this person need to be, feel like an alpha? Like I figure out what that person needs and then I give them that, so that they will think a certain thing about me.
1: I have always found and I have like I want people to always be happy. I want the other person to be happy because if they're happy I succeeded. I am worth something. I am good at something. And so I would wouldn't say no they asked for something or they didn't ask for something I anticipated what they needed oh I let's say I'm out at the store and um my just because Bobby Knight was we lost him this week my dad was a huge fan so I'm going to use him and I have he's been gone for 15 years but If I was out and about and I saw something really cool, IU-ish, that he would have liked or that had to do with Bobby Knight, I would have bought it, even though it might have made me not be able to pay a bill, it made me have to lack something that I needed, I would have done it. I've done it with husbands. I've done it with boyfriends. I've done it with my children. I've done it
0: with... eh, I guess that's pretty much it. Everybody. I can't keep going. (laughs) Everybody. So, but what does that look like in the recovery side now? It looks like...
1: You know what? I want to do this. I want to do something for somebody else... Because I want to do it for somebody else. Oh, I can't afford to do it this week. Then I can't do it this week. I don't need to buy their love. I don't need to to give them something something to think I'm worth anything. If I, it's going to harm me. Well, are you trying to make them happy? Aren't I enough? Like I, and I'm not. I'm saying this, but I don't mean it. The it's going to sound really weird. I am enough in my who I am to make them happy in in our relationship I don't need to give them I don't need to manipulate them I don't need to do anything for me to be likable and for me to be enough if they're happy is theirs right if they're happy in their life is that's their choice but nothing I do is going to make anyone else happy if they're not happy in their own life
0: So, right, so I think the in-recovery side of that is I give gifts, um, let's see, it says I carefully and honestly contemplate my motivations when preparing to give a gift. So I think that that, what that looks like is, ooh, I want to give this thing to this person. Well, why? Why do I want to give that to them? Well, because I want to make them happy. Well, I can't make them happy. So why do I want to give it to them? Because that's not... Making someone happy is the easy first answer, but there's usually something underneath that, right? Like, I can't make you happy. So what is my true motivation behind giving this? Is it just because I feel like it? Or is it because I want you to think a certain type of way about me?
1: So... I, uh, I'm i going to use an example. I did this a couple of months ago. Um, Dylan, I noticed he was um, a little tight on money. And we have, like, my kids, we have our kind of like our bank accounts. Like, he's on, I'm on theirs, they're on mine, right? Just in case something happened, right? Um, and it's not from a monitoring perspective because I don't really care. But I did notice that he... He didn't have, a, he was, his money was getting a little tight and he had just paid his bills and he has not, he had not asked me for money. And right. I think I had mentioned he had a car repair, did not ask me for the money, completely took care of it for himself. And just one day I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, I, I went into my own account, noticed it. And I'm like, I'm going to send him a hundred dollars. I contemplated it. I had the money myself. I was, it was a paycheck that I could afford to do it. And I just put it in his account. Never said a word, never brought it up. If he would have never said anything, it would not have mattered to me because it wasn't about him. It was something I wanted to do, and I did it. That sounds like in recovery. Right? Picking up the phone and saying, hey, I just put money. I saw you didn't have a lot of money, and so I put money in your account. That's codependence often. Yes. It went a week before he realized I had put money in there. Wow. I didn't even think about it. Honestly, I had forgotten about it. And
0: so you weren't doing it for him to be like, oh, thanks, mom. I really appreciate it. Nope. It was all about something I wanted
1: to do and I knew it would help him right? Not in a, like, let me save the day, help him. It was, you know what, let me just help him. He has, is working really hard and he doesn't ask for anything and he hasn't in a really, really long time. Let me just do it. And then I got a call the week later and he's like, I just noticed you put money in my, my account. Thank you so much. That helped me so much because in his head, he had to really, really watch right right? and it and I was like you're welcome right I didn't give him I noticed your bank account was getting low and I noticed and I you should this and you should that I was just like you're welcome (laughs) nice but I think that's what in recovery does that's what in recovery does is if I go out to dinner someone with someone and I want to buy their drink I'm buying their drink because I want to buy their drink
0: Not because I I expect something out of it.
1: Exactly. It's just, it's more of a pure, from a pure place, and about me, if it makes me feel good.
0: Right. Makes a big difference. It makes all the difference when I'm actually and truly checking my intentions and checking with myself before I do anything, right? I mean, I almost feel like this leads into the next one because this is something that I never used to do, um, is to check in with myself. So codependents often use sexual attention to gain approval and acceptance. Talk about a really good way to control someone without them even realizing that you're controlling them. (laughs) Um... Uh, we talked a couple. Of, like, was it last week, the week before, and um,
1: for me, this is a this is is one. Um, just you know, I signed up to do this podcast to be completely authentic and honest. And sexual attention, um, <laughs> it was my weapon of choice. Very good at it,
0: and a very effective right? weapon too.
1: Yes, it is right. Oh, I run into I I interact with um anyone right male or female did not matter I could flirt I could wear a low cut top I could wear a short skirt I could rub up just the right way touch the right way put my hand on your leg put my hand on your
0: arm right anything Anything. anything even in a committed relationship I used sexual attention to gain approval and acceptance. Oh heck yes! I mean like me and Nick could have had a horrible week where we didn't even talk we didn't kiss and I was missing him and I was lonely and I just didn't want to fight anymore so instead of resolving the issue just go up and kiss him in a certain way that shows him I love him and lets him feel what I feel and then we jump into bed and all of a sudden we act like everything's okay. Yep. And I'm sure, right? I'm not sure. For him, it could have been a true makeup, right? Like, we're letting all of this go and now we're moving on. But for me, it was... In this moment, I need attention. I need to feel love. So I'm going to use sex to get to where I feel a connection.
1: I think for me, dressing provocatively is a big part of how I have done this, right? Um, oh, absolutely. Again, <laughs> um, God bless me well on the upper half of my body. So I oh, low cut shirt, it always had to be hanging, like they had to be out, they had to be showing like, right, the more push up I could get the better. And the thing what I didn't realize was I was getting negative intention, rather than getting positive attention. And I said, you know, I, I have slept with men first date, because it was easy to lock in a relationship then Oh, right. It, it worked and I god that sounds so fucked up but it worked my my first husband second date first husband first date serious boyfriend number one first date the most recent guy not you know not the one I the most recent the one that brought me to coda first date It was what I, it was what I knew. It was the, it was the thing that I could use to get what I wanted because I just wanted to be loved.
0: Any time that I feel, and I'm going to use current because even still, like I've caught myself, I dress a certain way to work yesterday because I was feeling a certain way or, Uh make certain jokes because you're feeling a certain way right if I'm having a bad day where I'm feeling low self-worth then I'll go into work and I work in a warehouse right so I'll go into work with the guys and I'll make a couple of that's what she said jokes and all of a sudden they're all laughing and talking and now I've got attention and I'm not feeling so bad about myself right
1: instead of go ahead instead of embracing and celebrating my sexual my sexuality that I am my as evidence of my health and wholeness I do not use it to gain the approval of others so is it okay to embrace your sexuality
0: oh absolutely as long as it has nothing to do with gaining something from someone else
1: so you mean I could wear a low-cut top that I feel beautiful in and prideful and powerful in a positive way and in confidence and that's okay. Absolutely. Well it, why is it not okay that I couldn't wear why I w- shouldn't wear a low-cut shirt before but it's okay in this situation.
0: It's the intention behind it right so if my intent Is to gain attention or my intent is to feel better about myself and that's why I'm acting this way or wearing this thing then I'm being codependent but if my intent is because I want to because I genuinely like it and I genuinely feel good in it or when I do it that's a whole that's that's healthy right it's not about what I'm wearing or what I'm doing it's about why I'm doing it what I feel and think on the inside when I'm doing these things
1: I am and this is kind of off the sexual attention but I want to bring it up really quick because it is very much along the same lines of intention so um, I was talking with someone last night about um, they're they're doing they're redoing their bedroom so they're buying you know, drapes, and they're buying pillows, and they're just doing all of this stuff. And she's like, and I, when I'm done, I'm going to send you a picture. And I'm like, why are you going to send me a picture? Well, so you, I want you to see what I you know, all the changes I made. Why do you want me to see them? Because she Did needs you... to be validated. Exactly. I'm like, why do you need me? To, why do I need to see your changes? Aren't they changes for you? Well, I'm not showing anybody what I'm doing. I'm just going to show you the
0: the end result. Why? that's what it is right it's because that person and i don't know who it is but it's because in that moment they want somebody else to be proud of them they want you to be like oh my god it's beautiful look how good it does look how much work you put in and they that is an internal need for someone else to boost my self-worth because my own opinion of it being amazing and beautiful isn't enough. I need somebody else's opinion put in there. At least for me, that's why I've always done it. Oh, me too. Right? It could
1: be... And it's... It, and so it's... Now I have to... I'm not saying that I, there's still not times that I'm like... I buy something like, oh, this is so cute. I want to show my... You know, I want to show my mom or I want to show somebody. It's because it's so cute. But then I have to re—I have to really look at it. So, for example, yesterday, I um, Bath and Body Works had a sale on their wallflowers. So I ran to there really quick and I got two new wallflowers and I got two or got some new wallflowers and I got two new plugs and I love them. And I instantly wanted to, you know, like I thought about, oh, show my mom or oh, these are so cute, I want to share, you know. But no, why would I do that? I had to intentionally stop myself and being, what would, why would I do that? Well, I'm doing it because I want somebody else to see how cute they are. Well, I know they're cute. They're going in my bedroom.
0: I think that's the key that a lot of people don't, at least for me, that what you're describing was the key that I never did in my day-to-day life, and I do now. How I talk about what you're describing is an intentional questioning of yourself why do I want to show them
1: I can question myself I can question what I'm doing and
0: the way I'm thinking isn't that the only healthy way to know why you're doing what you're doing is to ask right I would ask somebody else why they're like right
1: I why do I think it's okay to ask somebody else what they're doing but I I'm not it's not okay to ask myself I'm the number one person I should be asking why I'm what why I'm doing something and why I want to do something or I don't want to do something
0: Or how many times do we call someone else and ask them if it's the right idea? Oh, God, yes. Right? Like, why? nobody else has lived my life. Nobody else is in my heart. Nobody else knows why I am doing what I'm doing. So there is nobody else that can tell me if it's right or not, except for me.
1: The same person that I was talking to last night sent pictures of she was trying it was Halloween and she was trying to decide what eyeshadow to wear so she did her eyeliner on both eyes one in one color one in another color but sent it out to say which one do you like better
0: so again I'm going to say I don't know who you're talking about so I apologize if I hurt someone's feelings in saying this that is not my intention my intention behind this is to help Um, and that person does not have enough self-worth to trust their own opinion on whether or not the left eye or the right eye looks better.
1: Yep. So my response immediately was, which one do you like? Well, and then a few minutes later, I get another, we get an, uh, I get another picture and it's of which top should I wear based on,
0: the eyeshadow which top do you and I'm like which shirt do you like do you know the thing that helped me the most in my recovery with you as my sponsor what when I would send you a text or or something (laughs) and ask what should I do and you wouldn't say anything
1: yeah I'm notorious for that
0: And I would look at my phone over and over and over, and I would be like, I know Dawn saw this. She always reads my text. She always responds. So if she's not responding, why isn't she responding? And then I would look inside myself and try to figure out why you weren't responding to what I was saying. And every single time I was able to say, because I know the answer. Mm
1: -hmm. I get that from a lot of people. That is my, probably my, one of my biggest things One of the biggest tools I use in sponsoring is not answering because for me not for me right for me using that is it allows you or whoever to figure out on their own I read every single text I get I know exactly what you said and what you didn't say I also read between the lines Because I'm very good at that now in recovery, reading between the lines, working with with people in recovery. But the best thing I can do is just stay silent, because you'll figure it out, like you said. Because then you went inside, you went to you,
0: and you had the answer. That is honestly one of the best things that you ever did for me, especially in talking about right questioning myself which eyeshadow should i wear which shirt should i wear Mm -hmm. should i say this am i wrong do i am i wrong for feeling this way like that is honestly one of the best things that ever i ever experienced because i knew that you were reading my texts i knew that you cared i never once questioned that and i had to figure it out myself which allowed me to gain the confidence to trust myself
1: so here's a little behind the scenes of that. I probably started to text, but the key in, for me in sponsoring is I have to, I'm working a program just like you're working a program. So if I told you, what am I doing?
0: Being codependent.
1: So it wasn't about you and not answering you, it had nothing to fucking do with you. It was, oh, wait a minute. I cannot attempt to convince others what to think, do, or feel. Oh, wait a minute. I should not offer advice and direction without being asked.
0: And sometimes even when being asked, I need to know when to say, that's not my place. Let me step back. Exactly. And
1: and right, I think the thing about, too, is we always think we have to say something right? Oh, if I don't answer their text, I'm being rude. No. Sometimes I just shouldn't say anything. Sometimes I should just keep my fucking mouth shut. Because being in my codependency, I should have shut my fucking mouth a lot. And I didn't. So in recovery, I get to.
0: I think that right there is the perfect place to end this. Because I think that's important. For me, it was the exact same way. I do not need to share every thought and feeling I have. I do not need to say everything that pops into my head. Sometimes the best thing for me to do is to keep my mouth shut. Ashley will pick up on
1: the rest of the control patterns next time. Um, I- But I think we got another eight to go
0: we did (laughs) pretty good we got further than I thought
1: we did I know I'm actually impressed but and we stopped at a good point um there are a lot of control patterns and this is an easy topic to talk about so yeah very exciting
0: thank you so much for another amazing hour Dawn and everyone listeners I hope you've enjoyed it um everybody have a great week
1: have a great week
0: Bye. bye We would like
1: to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you
0: are worth it.